Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, for Albertans of a certain age, Gary Marr is a very, very familiar name. He was an MLA in this province for 14 years. Starting in 1993, he went on to serve uh, in a number of cabinet positions, diplomatic roles after being an MLA. Um, He is now president and CEO of the Canada West Foundation. And this week, he wrote an op-ed for the Edmonton Journal and the Calgary Herald that draws attention to the state of trade infrastructure in Canada. We've talked about this before, um, but not with Gary Marr. So we're delighted that he's made some time to join us here today. Um, Mr. Marr, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Shay, it's a great pleasure to connect with you again. And let me say, I take a little offense at being recognized by only Albertans of a certain age. Well, so, I'm putting myself in that category because, like, <laughs> you, it, it's probably, I don't know how many years it's been since I've interviewed Gary Marr, but it, it's been a few. It's been a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, you wrote this piece in partnership with Carlo Date, who is someone we've had on this show a number of times during the port strike in BC. And, and, and that's where you start your piece, the port strike in BC. And I think we all breathed a sigh of relief when that situation was resolved. But we're missing a lesson that we could have learned, right? I mean, we can't just say, oh, problem solved, dust our hands off and carry on. That could have been a catastrophe, right? Well, I mean, it was an on and off again uh, port strike, and it cost Canadians $5.5 billion. So if imagine what would happen if that was a serious port strike that lasted for months. It would be crippling to our economy. And, you know, it's not just this particular example that we haven't learned a lesson from. You know, if you think about, you know, the uh, the closure of the border mm-hmm. boots or the port strike in Montreal, or you think about, um, you know, what happened uh, a couple of years back, three years back with, um, you know, the uh, Coquihalla Highway and the washout of the highway there. I mean, we haven't taken the issue of our export infrastructure particularly seriously. And two-thirds of the GDP of Canada relies on exports. And so I think it's notable that in 2010, our export infrastructure was rated uh, number 10 most reliable in the world. Now it's rated number 32. We're behind Azerbaijan. And people may take um, shots at the, you know, the criterion but, uh, of ranking the, you know, export infrastructure. But the reality is this is what our customers are saying. Our customers are saying that uh, you're not as reliable as you need to be in order for us to you know, do business with you. And this should be taken very seriously by our federal government. What happened? Like you say, there's been this long slide. What is it? Is it negligence? Is it a lack of urgency? Why did we get to this position where, like you say, there are a number of, you know, really pressing issues now? Uh, I, I think it's because, uh, you know, the, the priorities of, um, of the federal government are not that high uh, when it comes to trade infrastructure. Uh, you know, as an example, uh, you know, they, uh, the federal government uh, notes that, you know, the overwhelming majority of Canadians 
lives in the corridor between Windsor and Quebec. And so they don't hesitate to put $12 billion um, into, you know, the Toronto subway system. Uh, you know, they haven't even come close to that for the national trade infrastructure system. So it's just not a priority for the current federal government. And um, you know, if you look at what other countries in the world are doing, um, you know, they all have national infrastructure plans uh, because they recognize that if you can't move it, you can't sell it. And that's really important for Canada. You know, our, our standard of living depends on our ability to move the goods that we sell to other places in the world. Now, the good news in all of this is that while the federal government doesn't seem to make this a priority, um, the, uh, the, the provinces uh, have. And so most recently at the Council of the Federation meetings, which took place in July, the premiers of 10 provinces and three territories all unanimously agreed uh, to work together on creating a national infrastructure plan. Now, I say that this is national leadership. National leadership has not come from the federal government. National leadership has come from the provinces and territories. Uh, but they do need the support of the federal government to move forward when it comes to money on this critically important issue. Because this is paying for the infrastructure that creates the revenue that allows you to pay for other things like health care, like education, like all the revenues that come to government from being a, a trade exporting nation. So two things there. First, how far can the premiers get this without the federal government? Is it is it completely um, out of their reach? Do they need federal involvement? Because like you say, a number of them signed on to, we need a trade corridor, we need a national infrastructure plan. Let's get going. How far can they advance that on their own? Uh, they can take it a certain way, but uh, a certain distance, but they really need you know, the, uh, the financial commitment of the federal government to make it work. So, you know, it, it was interesting for me because when Canada West Foundation uh, had put together this report of recommendations based on best practices of other countries, we took it to Premier Stephenson, who was then the chair of the uh, Council of the Federation, which is the, um, the, uh, the group that uh, makes up the provinces and territorial leaders, um, we took a tour in uh, in the fall of 2022. She really liked it. We said, you can put it on the COF agenda, the Council of the Federation agenda. And and then what, what we did was we went to premiers one by one to get their support for it so that, and explain it. And so, you know, I got to sit down with Premier Smith and Premier Moe uh, from Saskatchewan. Uh, Premier Ford, um, you know, was very... Uh, strongly endorsing this uh, plan. I met with Premier Legault, who uh, I had been healthcare minister with way back when. And um, so we had a unanimous um, group of premiers and, and, uh, and uh, territorial leaders uh, who, um, who all uh, support this. I, I think it's going to be very difficult for the federal government to ignore it because of the unanimity of the provinces, it's very difficult to get mm -hmm. all 10 provinces and three territories to agree on, on something this strongly. What does it look like? When we talk about a, a national trade corridor, trade infrastructure, what are the recommendations? What do we need to do? Well, we need to look at uh, trade infrastructure not based on the criteria of is it shovel ready? The criteria needs to be is it shovel worthy? 
So, you know, every piece of infrastructure, you can calculate the return on investment from building that particular infrastructure. So, as an example, if you were to put in, you know, a, uh, a siding uh, for rail cars in the middle of Saskatchewan, uh, then empty rail cars that are going uh, to the port of Vancouver so that they can go back to China and fill up with goods that come back to your Walmart or your um, or your uh, you know or, or your re- your Canadian Tire Store, instead of those cars going empty uh, to China, they should be going full with grain from Saskatchewan. But they don't. Uh, so if you were to build infrastructure uh, that allowed empty grain cars or empty train cars to um, you know uh, be connected up then they could go, you know, to markets full instead of going to uh, markets empty only to bring imports into the country. So um, that would be an example. But the, the capacity of our ports is, it's it's very slow. It's not a very efficient port in Vancouver. Um, you know, among ports in the world, uh, it's adjudged that Vancouver is the second worst yes. efficient port in the world and you know it, it's it so it requires attention at the ports it requires attention on the prairies it requires attention uh with moving uh, you know truck traffic in the gta and you know uh, the auto parts that are manufactured in ontario um don't get to market um quickly and efficiently uh if the port of vancouver is not working so uh, we need a lot of infrastructure in order to you know, move our goods yeah. and, and, and it's it, got coordinated. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, we need to have some initiative to get that done. Uh, Mr. Marr, oh, unfortunately, we're out of time, but but thank you so much for the chat. I do appreciate it. I'll be happy to come back anytime, Shay. It's great to talk to you.